the day after their only son was born, her ship was attacked and she got out of bed and killed the captains and turned the tide of battle with two blunderbusses. (laughs) <laughs> one in each hand. That's awesome. So, Sam, I'm I'm expecting you to be able to fight off pirates the day after your child is born. <laughs> I mean, this is part of the plan. The Joyces decide to head back to his castle, which is known as Cox Castle, believing that Grace is going to surrender the castle to them. No. no <laughs> she <laughs> kicks their ass and sends them running home. Because of how badass she is in this fight, they change the name of the castle from Cox Castle to Hen's Castle, which it is still known as today. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I am Chloe Skye. I'm Sarah Gorski. And I'm Sam Eggers. And today I am talking about someone from way back. Her name is Grace O'Malley. Grace O'Malley. So what do either of you know about Grace O'Malley? Sounds Irish. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Nailed that part. I feel like I have an unfair advantage here because the musical theater nerd in me knows that there is a musical on Broadway called The Pirate Queen. (gasps) She's a pirate queen? She she is a pirate queen. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> she, she is a she is a pirate queen who was the scourge of the British Empire for a very long time. Wait, is yes. it the same pirate queen that Brecht wrote about, Sam? Oh, I don't know. Okay. And also, I don't. I have a feeling the music that the musical was not terribly accurate to history. <laughs> also, I think uh. I remember it strongly being oh. about her being in love with some guy. Wow, that's such oh. a ve- that's like one bullet point in my research. <laughs> that must be all pirate queens think about is men. Well, yeah, obvious, Jesus. obviously. Exactly. Uh, so. <laughs> I started doing the research because I saw a meme that described her as a pirate queen, and it told the, it told two stories. One was about her divorcing her second husband after they were only married for a year, but somehow she still maintained ownership of his castle and his loyalty in war. Fuck yeah. Yes. That's how it should be. I was like, that's how you do it. Like, that's the, that's a broad if I've ever heard of one. And then there was, a, there was another story about how the same husband, when their, when their only son was born, she was like out on a voyage and her ship was attacked by either Turkish or Algerian corsairs the day after he was born. And she got out of bed and killed the captains and, chained, and turned the tide of battle with two blunderbusses, <laughs> one in each hand. <laughs> Awesome. Right. Postpartum murderous. I love it. So Sam, I'm I'm expecting you to be able to fight off pirates the day after your child is born. <laughs> I mean, this is part of the plan. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's it's necessary to be on this podcast. So, yeah. Sam, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'll feel like a broad now if I don't. <laughs> you can borrow. You can borrow my sword, Sam, if you. <laughs> Too. Yes, please. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> but so then I, I started doing the research and I, it took me on a million different directions. And uh, it turns out the story about the Corsairs and the baby being born is true. That one actually did happen. Uh, oh, my God. The divorce story is not true. But what actually happened, I think, is almost better. <laughs> 
Oh, what? The the story that they got divorced is based on this thing that happened where he was out voyaging, and while he was gone, she changed all the locks on all the doors in their castle, pa- <laughs> packed up all of his clothes, <laughs> threw them over the battle over the ramparts, yes. and when he came back, oh my she was up there going, "Okay, you can go now. Like I don't want you in here." <laughs> and they spent some time apart, and eventually they made up, but. <clears throat> I lo- what I love about this did it say why it, did it say like was she pissed it, at him did she did he cheat on her like was there some sort there of there is only like, spe- speculation about about why everyone speculates a different reason so I didn't want to just like list theories oh I love theories I, <laughs> Secretly. I just love the idea of like because it can't be easy to change the locks on a fucking castle like <laughs> like who do you call to change the like massive lock on the blacksmith you know? they all have their own blacksmith and shit that's, right? that's true they probably had someone like yeah. in the courtyard wait what year wait what year are we talking about good question so she was born in 1530 so oh. this and her marriage with him was in like the 1560s man wow. People. So they're still blacksmiths. Blacksmiths were still in then. <laughs> they were still in, in fashion, in use. People don't change either. Like, it's 1560 or it's like 2020, and you're still going to be like, I changed the locks and I threw your shit out. <laughs> like, bye. Yeah. Like, people are the same. We do not change. It's yeah. sort of comforting. Oh, my God. Yeah. And disturbing at the same time. Right. and disturbing. So, so before I get too much into her life story, there's some backstory about what was going on in like the 1500s that I didn't know about that is relevant in terms of what motivated her entire life. So I felt it was it was relevant to this particular story. If I didn't learn it in Braveheart, then I probably don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, right. so I'm excited to learn more history. <laughs> So around this time, Ireland is essentially two different cultures. Uh, There's Dublin and their like surrounding territories, which is all English owned and English controlled. And then there's everywhere else, which is like native Irish and Gaelic people and Dublin and the other English people are terrified of all those people. (laughs) They're like heathens. Are they like considered like absolute heathens (laughs) yeah they have their own religion they're not christian they're they're gaelic and their goal much like the christian goal is to convert everyone in ireland to their side they've they've established like sort of a peace between the two and england is content to just like let everything remain as it is uh if there's a rebellion that comes up of like gaelic people they'll quash it but they won't try to like take over new land until Henry VIII shows up and says... Oh, Henry VIII is the worst. <laughs> right. He's like, actually, actually all of Ireland is mine now. It's uh, it's all mine. And uh, Gaelic people, you're going to have to fucking go. Gaelic culture is so much infinitely more interesting than British culture. Mm. It really is. <laughs> Can I just say it? <laughs> oh, my God. They're all their gods, all their... Like, it's all so much more interesting. Well, they're also... They're 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 far less misogynistic. Mm. As I was re- reading about their like marriage laws, which is also relevant to the story. Like in in English culture at this time, if you were a woman and you married a man, he immediately became the owner of all your property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas in Gaelic culture, 
if you got married to someone, everything that was yours remained yours for both parties. So like if you got divorced or if someone died, you kept all your shit, they kept all their shit, and you just went your separate ways. Well, and until Henry VIII wanted to sleep around, divorce wasn't even possible in in Britain. Mm -hmm. Right. So Henry VIII was not able to make much headway in taking out the Gaelic clans (laughs) because... Uh, they knew the coastline of Ireland so well that they could hide out and plan sneak attacks. So, like, every time Henry VIII would send a force to fight them, they just crushed him. Mm. (laughs) I love it. So, it's Queen Elizabeth who is the first one to actually make progress in taking over Ireland. She decides to take you know pick up the mantle where Henry VIII left off. She uses a divide-and-conquer strategy where she would plant people who were loyal to the crown all over the island to sort of normalize the usage of English. And they wouldn't, like, try to cause trouble. They'd just be using English and teaching people English. Mm. And then she would use them as spies to let her know if two of the Gaelic clans were having a fight with each other. And she would offer one of them support for loyalty. Dang, that is sneaky. Very smart. I mean, Elizabeth was, like, super smart. She knew what was up. And so she starts replacing all the leaders of all these clans with people who are in the clan, but loyal to the crown. And she's like worked out special deals with them. Also, they're going to the clans are going to start following English laws instead of Gaelic laws. And she just one at a time is knocking out all these clans. Hmm. So back to Grasics. That's my terrible pun. I was saying back to ba- back to basics. <laughs> oh, I was but... confused for a second. I was like, was her full name Graysics? <clears throat> Thank you for telling us it was a joke. I was confused. Yeah, no, too, it Chloe. was. It's just a terrible joke. We're listeners. We're working on our jokes. Okay. We're on it. Yeah, for, forgive me. So, Grace O'Malley, or uh, the Irish spelling is Grain Ni Malley. It, it's there's a lot of apostrophes and I, I don't know, but it's anglicized to Grace O'Malley. And I think I'm going to try to do my best to just say the anglicized versions of these names because their Irish is complicated and I can't pronounce it. So she's born in 1530 to incest. The The leader Ooh. of the clan is named Owen O'Malley and his wife is either Margaret or Maeve O'Malley. They're both O'Malley's mm-hmm. and... Owen is the chieftain that rules Clue Bay on the western side of the island, and they kind of control a big part of the western coast. Most of their wealth came from legitimate trade with France and Spain or pirating British vessels. Hmm. Pirates. Mm-hmm. Family of pirates. Pretty slick. They, they, didn't, they didn't like England for some reason. I can't imagine <laughs> Wait, but why. But you said that they, you said it was incest, so they were brother and sister, her parents? I don't know if they were brother and sister, but they were both of the O'Malley clan, they could have been cousins, or mm-hmm. it, it, they just were from the same family. Uh, it was pretty common in, in their culture at the time, and in British culture. Okay. It, was, it was pretty common. Okay. Not saying it's okay, <laughs> but in the context of history, it was it was common. <laughs> she, was, she was educated. We don't really know how well, because we don't know much about how Gaelic clans, or Gaelic elite specifically, were educated. But uh, there are rumors that she spoke Latin and she was a great leader. So she she was very intelligent and well-educated. She uh, she got the nickname Grace uh, Grain Ma- Mowell, 
which means bald grace. And there's two stories about where the nickname comes from. The first one is that when she was a young girl, she wanted to go on an expedition with her dad, but he said no because her long hair would get caught in the ropes. To me, that sounds like bullshit, and he Mm -hmm. just didn't want his daughter to come on a mission. That's Uh, a super bullshit answer. So she responds by cutting all her hair off and tries to embarrass her dad and was like, you have no excuse now, and so he lets her come. (laughs) The the second version of the story is just that the, the name comes from... Grace Um Umhall or Umhale, which is the name of the region that she was from. Mm. Umhall and the word for bald, which is mall, sound so similar that Umhall and mm. mall just oh. like com- combined over time, and people called her Bald Grace because it sounded like it. Hmm. So the theory wasn't that she had thinning hair. <laughs> no, because every picture that I found of her, she's got like really long flowing hair and a ponytail or in like Pippi Longstocking braids. Like, Well, of course, because her captors painted the pictures, right? <laughs> well, that's probably true. So she could have she been bald or had close cropped hair because that's what the, the nickname means. Oh my God. Do you guys, this is like totally a side note, but do you guys watch Norsemen? Mm-mm. No. There's this whole like storyline in the new season that just dropped about this main character who starts going bald, and it's just the funniest. <laughs> it's just the funniest <laughs> storyline ever. Anyway, I don't want to distract. Grace is way more interesting, <laughs> but everyone should watch Norseman. It's pretty funny. Mm. Uh, so in 1546, when she's either 15 or 16 years old, her dad marries her to Donal O'Flaherty. Uh, they have three children together, and he's set to become the the leader of the O'Flatter the O'Flaherties, Flatteries. I don't know. He's set to become their their king, and Queen Elizabeth knows this, and she doesn't like him. She she knows that he's quick tempered and violent, and so she makes a deal and appoints his cousin the leader instead. Oh shit! And he gets shady. He get, yeah. He gets pissed, and so he goes to war against this other family, and he's like, if I just take over them, then I'll get to be king of a different clan, and I'll still get to be a king. While he's going to war with them, they end up killing him. Her husband? Yeah, so they, they kill him. This, this isn't the one that she locked out of the castle. This is a No, no, no. This is, this is her okay. f- first husband. <laughs> okay. So the, the Joyces, who have killed him, decide to head back to his castle, which is known as Cox Castle, uh, believing that since he's dead, Grace is going to surrender the castle to them. No. no <laughs> she kicks their ass and sends them running home. Yes. And because of how badass she is in this fight, they change the name of the castle from Cox Castle to Hen's Castle, which it, yes. is, which it is still known as today. Chloe, did you say the Joyces? Yes. Are they related to James Joyce? Possibly. I don't but I'm know. glad they lost. <laughs> uh, Portrait of the Artist Young Man is, is like one of my least favorite books I've ever read. <laughs> I didn't know you had this like secret hatred for James Joyce. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. I mean, it's not secretive. We just never talk <clears throat> about James Joyce today. So. Right. So since Gaelic law says that Grace can't inherit his property, she can't live in the castle. So even though she defended it and it's now named for her victory, she has to leave. And she goes back to her home on uh, Clare Island where she takes a lover. And I think this might be the part of the story that that musical's based on. Yeah, it sounds like it. Isn't it just a boyfriend? Why is it like... 
She's single now, right? Right. She's yeah. A widow. I don't know. Can't it's she a... sleep around? The yeah. lover sounds better than boyfriend. Yeah, I think I think it wasn't serious. I think it was like a fling. So she was like, "I'll, you know, I'm gonna fuck you for a while." And oh. she liked him, obviously. But I think she I didn't... just like usually when they use a history books use the term lover, it's because it's like clandestine. Like it's like like you're married and you have like somebody on the side. So it's interesting that mm-hmm. a, a widow oh. woman. That's interesting to me that they would call him a lover. I guess. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, I still love it. I still support it. Right. <laughs> She's got this lover and or this boyfriend or whatever. And some of her enemies capture and kill him just to spite <gasps> her. Whoa. So Enemies enemies from the last castle fight? No, different enemies. I, I thought it was the same enemies, but it turns out it was another group of enemies How did she who ju- already have so many enemies. She wasn't a pirate yet. She kinda was. Like she's from a pirate clan. Like the the only oh. reason they're classified as pirates is that you know they're disobeying english law hmm. but like the entire right. their entire culture is based around sailing around pillaging you they they mostly only pillaged like english settlements but they also would pillage each other if a ship was was sailing by and they didn't know them they would go board the ship and say okay if you go any further, we've got some people up there who are going to kill all of you unless we're with you. So we can ferry you up there, uh, but you have to pay us. Mm. And so they'd, and so they'd go, just exploit any traveler who wanted to sail to the north side of Ireland and, and take money. And like, so they just weren't well liked. Yeah. They were like the Greyjoys. Basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah. So so these other enemies find out that her husband is killed and she's left her castle and they're like, oh, good, she's weak. And so they go kidnap and kill her boyfriend. So she is pissed off because now she's had two of her lovers killed. One was a husband. One was just a... Just a lover. Right. <laughs> just a lover. And so she ambushes and murders and kills all of them and steals their castle. Now she has another castle. And- yes! <laughs> This is this is called. I love her. This is. I knew you would love this story, Sarah. As I'm doing the research, I'm just like, if Sarah doesn't know this, she's gonna lose it. <laughs> I love it. When can you write the full script so that I can star in the feature? Right, Whoa. right. So this is Duna Castle, and she goes down in history as the Dark Lady of Duna for showing up and just murdering everyone in the middle of the night. Oh. And it says that she would time her attacks to when she knew everyone was praying. So she would just show up and murder them during prayer time. <laughs> oh my god, she's amazing. She's super smart and super dark. <laughs> and she also is like, fuck the English and fuck the English Christ- like Christianity. Let's fucking do this. Wait, quick, exactly. quick side note, Sarah, have you read The Mists of Avalon? No, should I? <gasps> you absolutely must read The Mists of Avalon. Is it about pirates? Well, no, but it's about it's the Arthurian legend, but told from the point of view of the women. Oh, I probably would it love is it. like very. Uh, it's like anti-Christian and very like <laughs> the women are in charge, and it's all about like, like Arthur is not the hero of the story, and it's it's completely female centric. It is so good. It was on the New York Times bestseller list in the eighties for like months. I just read it because it was like okay, I gotta look what, it what up. What is this called? I'm gonna write this down. The Mists of Avalon. Of Avalon. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, so take a peek. It's really, it's, uh, it's really fun. I gotta check it out. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I love stories that are like flipped around. Mm-hmm. I love that. Sorry. Anyway, back to Grace. The Dark Lady of Duna. Let's go. So after she takes this castle is when she earns the nickname Pirate Queen, because this is where she goes, fuck it. I'm just going to take over as much as I can and be, I just have my own empire. Yeah. Like if if everyone's going to be attacking me for every time I have any little bit of happiness, fuck everyone. <laughs> I like that. So... There's all kinds of like legends about her activities during this time, including coastal raids from Donegal to Waterford. And I didn't know where those were because I don't know my geography. So I looked it up and percentage wise compared to like the East Coast of America, obviously Ireland is smaller, but in terms of the percentage Mm -hmm. of the coast that she covered, it was like Louisiana to Boston. Oh, wow. Whoa. Like... She, That's a lot. She just raided everywhere. It said that most of these raids had to have been done by like really small boats. She had, uh, at the end of her marriage, she had three galleys and just a few smaller boats, which she said she was going to use to earn her maintenance of land and sea. Mm-hmm. Such a polite way to say. Right. M- maintenance, you say. There you go. It'd be a pirate. <laughs> Uh, she'd bring the galleys up like close and then send in the small ships and they'd sail in, sneak in and just like ransack someplace. There's a story about how this house called the Houth, the house of Houth. And she kidnapped their son and held him for ransom. And all she wanted in return for the ransom was for them to set an extra seat at dinner for her from now on. And just in case she showed up and wanted to eat. And so they were like, okay, yeah, of course, we'll set a place at dinner. Give us our son back. (laughs) And then for the rest of time, they set a place at dinner for her, even if she didn't show up. Grace had very poor social skills. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how to get you to invite me to the dinner, but but I'd like to be friends. That's some, like, weird, like, prescient, like, L. Ron Hubbard shit. (laughs) Set a place for me. (laughs) You never know when I'll appear. (laughs) Oh my god. So during this time is when she marries her second husband, uh, Richard and Iron. This is when the divorce story happens. This is when the baby's born. They're attacked by the Corsairs. When he dies in 1583, she ends up deciding to follow the British marriage law because they've been enforcing their laws everywhere. And that says that she gets to keep 30% of his property as interest for him owning her property when the marriage happened. Oh. I love that she like follows the law that benefits her the yes. most at the time. Yes, just w- whichever one's <laughs> better the for Gaelic me. Gaelic or the English? Well, the English has a better. <laughs> so she takes thirty percent of his cows and horses and retreats back to her home. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> so Grace and the British are at each other for a long time. Uh, British documents say that she was she was the the cause of all rebellions for forty years. Whoa. <laughs> They're like, if there was a rebellion, you could guarantee Grace was behind it. Man, the English were pretty butt sore about her. She <laughs> she caused them a lot of hurt, financially speaking. Wow, 40 years. So we cut to the 1580s, and she's in her late 60s. Which is old for the period. Right. Mm-hmm. That's pretty old. Yes, yeah. she made it to her late 60s, and we enter the... The real villain of her of her life story, who is Sir Richard Bingham. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> 
He's this. He sounds like such an asshole. Doesn't he? <laughs> he Just with his name. Sir Richard Bingham uh, is working for Queen Elizabeth, and he he comes in and captures Grace's first son Owen from her first marriage and executes him. Oh no. <gasps> After How after a long period of torture and like it's clear that he was very cruel to him, oh. but at the same time, Queen Elizabeth is afraid of the of Spain because they just get attacked by the Spanish Armada, and Elizabeth is f- afraid that Spain is going to sail around England and go up to Ireland and just get the Gaelic to help them fight England, and she's like. Maybe we shouldn't piss off the Gaelic clans right now. Maybe we should sort of get them on our side because otherwise we're going to lose to Spain. Hmm. So she's not wrong. (laughs) Right. So Elizabeth says, "Okay, Bingham, you got to stop doing this. We have to make peace with these rebels. And Bingham gets furious and he's like, I'm not going to obey you, queen. And he orders his men to hunt down and kill everyone related to Grace in any way. Oh, dudes being God. dudes throughout throughout history. Dudes being mm-hmm. dudes. <laughs> so because you know he's going hard after her, she goes equally hard back and just starts annihilating the British fleet. Yes. And for the next three or four years, they're at like open war with her. And finally, in 1590, Elizabeth summons Bingham back and puts him on trial. Yes. And is going to con- convict him of, you know, war crimes or disobeying the queen. Uh, he's ended up acquitted of all charges. Uh, the whole thing was just an attempt Ugh. to, like, try to give him a little time to cool off. Uh, but it actually just makes him more pissed. Ugh. And he decides, rather than try to knock out all of the of the clans of Gaelic rebels, he just hates Grace. He hates her so much. And Why? He's gonna... It's like he has this weird personal beef with her. I think it's because she was a woman. Yeah. I think he and, just... she, and she beat his ass so bad he couldn't take it. To the point that he got put on trial with his own queen. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I feel like his feelings are very hurt. But because Ugh. she was like so good at the gorilla, I'm sure he was fucking pissed because her and her people were like so good at gorilla. I'm sure he lost so many men to her. Mm-hmm. And like... It just made her matter matter. Oh, yeah. So one time while she's out at sea, he goes to, to her home, burns it down, and also manages to get her second son from the same first marriage to side with him instead. Uh, what? I assume he's, like, threatening him. He's saying, I'll kill you like I killed your brother. And so he... Oh, and he, great. Th- there's... There's stories about how he never really got along with Grace in the first place. Like, he kind of took more after his father, who was, like, the angry, quick to fight, like, wanted to go take over clans. And Grace was a little bit more diplomatic. And so they never really got along. And so when Bingham shows up, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll side with you. Damn. So Grace goes to her kid's place and burns all of his property down and vows never to speak to him again. Jeez. You crossed the wrong mama. Yeah, right? Yep. And she never speaks to him again as long, as, as, long as she lives. I know. <laughs> Way to underestimate the loins that brought you forth into this world. Yeah. <laughs> right? So in, in 1592, Grace is 62 at this point. Her third son from the second marriage, whose name is Tibbet Na Long, which means Toby of the... I didn't write it down, but Toby of something... 
Toby of the Docks or something. So he decides he's going to do right by his mom and attack Bingham. So he puts together an army and he attacks her. And while he is attacking, Bingham goes around back and attacks Grace. And he impounds oh. her He impounds her entire fleet, burns all of her land, <gasps> no. blocks the harbor so she can't oh, enter, no. and also ends up taking her son as a hostage. Jeez. Oh, I really wanted her to win this story. <laughs> well, it's not over yet. He decides to, to put her son on trial for high treason, yeah. and Grace decides that her only option is to go meet directly with Queen Elizabeth. Ooh. No shit. I like this twist. She sets sail for England, and she sends a letter ahead of her to let her know, like, hey, I'm coming, and I want you to know that I'm I'm coming to apologize and sw- <gasps> and swear fealty to you. Oh. Whoa. So she goes and she meets with the queen, and since she doesn't speak English and Elizabeth doesn't speak Irish, the meeting is carried out in Latin. Grace gives this long speech where she pleads old age and poverty and says, I, I swear that for the rest of my time, I will help you wipe out your enemies. Oh. And she gives this explanation and says, look, the reason that I've been attacking you and your fleet my whole life is because I just grew up in a really violent time. Like <laughs> the, the other clans, like you had to be strong if you wanted to survive. And so being strong meant that I had to be violent. And in order to earn their respect, I had to attack you, and I didn't want to, but I just, I had to, and I'm really sorry. Oh my god, oh my god, I love it. (laughs) So, if you would be so kind as to give me a small amount of money every year for the rest of my life to live on, I will be your faithful soldier. Also, I'd like Bingham to give me back all of the property that he sieged. Dang. And the queen agrees. Yeah, She does! Because she hates Bingham, too, because Bingham's been like a fucking thorn in her side. Yeah, exactly. Like, completely disobeying her? Come on. Exactly. Unfortunately, Bingham, who's been ordered to now defend Grace... <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could see the look on his face when he got that news. Yes. <laughs> he, he decides to disobey orders again. Shocker. And he decides to attack Grace. Grace runs back into hiding again and sends another letter to Queen Elizabeth saying, hey, your dude, he didn't hold up his end of the bargain. So Elizabeth summons Bingham back to England and he <laughs> he's thrown in prison for the, for the rest yes. of his life. Yes. Fuck that dude. However, before he goes back to England, he appoints his own successor and lets him know we have to take out this Grace lady. So the next person in charge also decides to follow in his footsteps and keep attacking Grace. So Grace decides that since nobody's really holding up their end of the bargain, she's just going to keep plundering. Yeah. And (laughs) there are are reports as, as late as the year 1601, when she was 71 years old, with her at the front of a ship leading a raiding party on another ship. Yeah. 71 years old. Oh my God, I love it. She ends up dying in 1603 at age 73, the same year Queen Elizabeth dies. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Um, They were like foils for each other. mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. And I just thought this whole story was so fascinating and illuminated a really long period of English history that I didn't really know about. But then a few years after Grace dies, 
The Annals of the Four Masters is written, which is a full documentation of the the last like few hundred years of Irish history. Uh, but it's created by Irish Catholic historians. It's not created by Gaelic historians. Mm, and sure, so it's all Dublin, <laughs> right? And they they completely leave Grace out. She's not mentioned a single time in the entire book. Oh my god, gross! And so gross. you know, historians have said that the only explanation for her omission is that this book was put together by Catholic men and. The, the fact that she was a female powerful leader really made them uncomfortable. So they just pushed it all to the side. Wow. And so is this even covered at all today? Like in, you know, like Irish school children, are they learning about Grace O'Malley at all? I think that I think they are because there's been more of a push in recent years. There was a historian who in 2003 decided to write like the official biography of her and unfortunately had to get all of her documentation and resources from British historical documents because those are the only documents in history that mention her. Mm. But yeah. but there are, like, because she was attacking England for 40 years, there's over 40 years of documents that reference her. Wow. Yeah. Because isn't Gaelic tradition primarily oral? Like, I don't think they wrote a lot down. I think it was Mm -hmm. a a lot of it was like verbal storytelling. Mm. So they didn't have like books and books and books stowed away places. If if I remember correctly of like the vague things I know of Gaelic history. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But because of the, the, the language translation or the translation error from Irish to English, her, she's called so many different names throughout the documents. She's called granny o'malley or granny nose molly (laughs) like like they just completely throw it all the different directions you could possibly incorrectly say her name and (laughs) so it was like a huge challenge for this historian to like figure out like oh these are all referring to the same pirate queen Mm. (laughs) wow she's a badass chloe i love her i love her (laughs) yeah so i was i was very pleased with with this story and uh blown away by how much i didn't know and i I don't even think i have to ask because i'm pretty sure we all agree she's abroad oh my god oh hell yeah clearly abroad we need a mini series about her yesterday yeah it's no kidding i also want to see like the play that's like all this one act with that meeting between her and elizabeth totally Mm -hmm. and just the two of them just talking Oh my god, I want it. I want it to happen. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Me too. So so yeah, so that's Grace O'Malley, the Irish pirate queen who defied the British Empire for 40 plus years. And who locked her husband out of the castle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you are interested in any of my other work on the internet, uh, you can find my blog at chloejadesky.com. That's sky with an E at the end. And I also do another podcast with Jupiter Stone called Sky and Stone Do Television, where we cover TV series one one episode at a time. We've covered Euphoria, Watchmen, and right now we're doing Lovecraft Country. So check that out if you're interested. If you want to support the show, leave us a review on iTunes. It makes us more searchable and helps us find new listeners or you can just tell a friend about the show that also helps us find new listeners you can reach out to us on instagram if you have any ideas for broads for future episodes at broads you should know or you can head to our website broads you should know.com to find all of the resources and, and sources that we've used to find this information or send us an email at broads you should know at gmail.com thanks again for listening and see you next week <laughs>